HR professionals, safeguard your business from compliance risks. AIMHR Solutions offers crucial compliance audit services tailored to your needs. Led by expert consultants, our audits ensure full compliance with federal and state laws and regulations. We provide a roadmap for your business's future with detailed reports pinpointing strengths and areas for improvement. Save time, money, and mitigate risk with our expertise. Constantly evolving laws and limited HR staff can leave you vulnerable to fines and lawsuits. Protect your business. Schedule your audit now at aimhrsolutions.com. Welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR from AIMHR Solutions on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. Office parties have always been a double-edged sword for employers. On one hand, they boost morale, foster camaraderie, and reward workers for jobs well done. On the other, they come with their fair share of liabilities, especially when alcohol enters the mix. Whether you're an employer, an HR professional, or just a curious listener, this week we're going to shed some light on the behind-the-scenes dynamics of those memorable office gatherings and how HR is involved. Sarah Piscatelli and Stacey Wenzel join me to help navigate the intricate world of corporate celebrations. Welcome to you both. It's a real party here on Human Solutions this week. I can't wait to dig in and somebody spike the punch. Am I right? Party! Uh, Stacey, Sarah, it's great to see you back again. We've talked about uh, uh, office wardrobe. We've talked about uh, processes. We've talked about a lot of things. We've never talked about party planning. And uh, I have to tell you, when this showed up on my uh, outline of things we're going to talk about, I was surprised. Uh, maybe, Stacy, we should start with you as a, uh, a veteran party planner. How did, this, how did this happen? How did this become an HR function? Great to see you again, Pete. Um, so how did this become an HR function? I I think in many ways it makes sense for it to be an HR responsibility. Um, I often find HR is the basket where everything that needs to get done that no one else wants to do, uh, you know, we hold that basket. So it's the rare, I've, I've found over the years, it's the rare organization um, where anybody wants to be the party planner. So it goes to HR. <laughs> HR generally knows the majority of the players in an organization or the people in the organization. And, um, you know, it's a party for the people. So why not give it to sort of the manager of the people? Sure. Sure. And and of course, we're saying party, but this is not we're not just talking about that. The odd Christmas party. Right. We're, we're talking about HR's role in planning a lot of different events. All kinds of uh, events that involve gathering. What's the, yeah. Do, do you have a favorite? What's what's the best event you've ever planned? The best event that I ever planned was an annual summer outing for a 400 plus. Um, manufacturing company where we would gather at an outdoor park and families were invited and the budget was you know the bus the budget wasn't huge it was a few well it was probably about almost ten thousand dollars but um 
it was just an activity where the whole company, all the employees' families got together, and we we hired kind of activities and magicians and catering and those, those that was the best parties I planned. Well, and that gets to the to sort of the point that I was alluding to earlier that it's this idea uh, that that we have to to find a reason to celebrate the value of these parties as hard and and uh, you know as challenging and and potentially risky as they can become what do you see as the 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 benefit of uh, of a party like that like the party that i just described um i think that the organization and i certainly um agreed with this perspective was that the benefit of an all family so a party where the employees spouse partners kids could come even if we had um Older employees, some of them came without their children but brought their grandchildren. It was to spread spread the employer loves in a way. Um, it kind of made, you know, let's say just call, let's call it widget company. It made widget um, known to all the family, all the all that employees family members. So it kind of gets us deep into the workings of of a person's psyche. So that there's more commitment to the organization, there's more loyalty um, from even their spouses or their children. They say, oh, you know, don't leave Widget. We want to go to the company's summer picnic next summer, you know. So it just yeah. spreads it out to, um, you know, goodwill beyond just the employee, but also to their family. Well, and anybody who's ever been a part of a party, don't think about the party right now. Take yourself back to how you felt Monday morning. Right. When you go to work again after a party like like this, something where you bring the whole family together, it's a viscerally different experience. Right. Just knowing a little bit more about the people you work with. I I think there's a sense of just exuberance and joy in being more connected with the people you work with. Um, but that that does come with a, 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 a potential risk. And that's Sarah. That's why you're here. Are you in the are you? <laughs> Are you in the wet blanket corner of the podcast? <laughs> That's why I'm here. I am. I am. Yes, I am the literal skunk at the lawn party over here. So, you know, when we when we introduce alcohol, as you know, you've already pointed out that it can be a good thing. It loosens inhibitions. You know, people have a good time, but it can also, of course, impair judgment. So when you're planning a party and in it. Sometimes it, you, the event that Stacy was just discussing sounds like more of a family mm -hmm. event, probably less of a concern. People have their children <laughs> along, you know, it's a different, but, but generally, you know, where, where alcohol is served, the company has to, has to do a little more planning around that. Where is it located? You know, transportation can be an issue. Um, they have to, I, I've worked at a company where the, the generally the, average age of the employee was somewhere in the twenties and, and they, they liked to drink. And, and one of their, their strategies was at, at events, two tickets, you know, you had two drink tickets. There, there was plenty of abuse of that, believe me, but there was, you know, two tickets just to try to keep, keep a lid on things. And, um, it, but when it comes to actual liability and you're the party planner, you should think ahead, well, your insurance company, if you're the the if you are actually providing and serving the alcohol usually if it's at an event that responsibility most of the liability will go with the one who has control over who is served you know to be sure that people are not overserved to avoid social host liability issues once people leave the event or even at the event right as as hr you you also it's a good idea to remind managers to 
to be on the lookout for that, you know, to make sure that people don't consume too much alcohol, to be sure that people are abiding by the company's policies, like with regard to harassment is a big one. You know, when people are in a more social setting, they might cross the line, think it's okay to talk in certain ways that they would not do in on a work day. Um, and just while we're talking about, you know, these, these difficulties, uh, you should also, if it's during a work day, uh, plan in advance, you know, to let people know it is paid, you know, you'll be, it's during work hours, this will be paid, zero in on those issues. And, uh, um, and when it comes to say, suppose somebody's injured at, at a company event, right? If you require them to be there, then that may be, uh, that may be compensable by workers compensation, right? Somebody, somebody has an injury, they're there because they're required to be there. They can show that this injury arose out of and in the course of employment. So I would stress that it is voluntary. Of course, you have to be careful with your wording and the way you're inviting people. You want them to come, of course, but if you have managers, I want to see all of you at this event. Well, that kind of eliminates the voluntariness of the event, right? So lots of things to consider there. Well, and that's a that's uh, I, I want to zero in on that language a little bit. Right. Because if you have somebody, a, a manager who says, I really want to see you all at this event, but that's only implied desire. Uh, you, do, you do find employees really making a case over over that if it's if it's clear elsewhere that they're not required to go the and, and I'm I'm asking because right there's the there's the sort of uh, hierarchy, the, the sort of work, sort of social hierarchy, you know, language at play in addition to the requirement. Right. Is is there right. is there something to be made of people who feel like they're required, even though they're not technically required? There is. If that's been communicated to them by somebody who has some authority over their employment. Yeah. Sure. I mean, then they, they could easily make the case that, well, Joe told us we had to go and that's why I was mm-hmm. there. It wasn't because I wanted to be there. Right. Sure, I drank too much and, you know, did whatever, but um, whatever led to the injury. Yeah. 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 When when you talk about I, I in contrast to the party that that Stacy was talking about, it, mm-hmm. right, where it's outdoor family, that kind of a thing in a in a public space, it seems like the, the organization, the party planner has more authority and thus liability. How does that shift when you decide, hey, we're going to have this at, at a restaurant to your point about, you know, who's in control of service? Right. The, whoever is has is actually providing the alcohol and and serving it is the one ultimately who has the liability in that sense. If somebody leaves that event or or has an incident at the event where somebody's injured, where there's property damage, et cetera, and if it's if it's on the company premises, it's a good idea to hire a professional bartender catering, you know, so that it isn't somebody within the organizations that that's making these calls. You know, if you have a professional right. bartender, they're responsible for it. So you can even put that buffer up, even if you're just having a more casual event that's in the office or in, in the plant. Okay, so that uh, hiring somebody to do it, being at a restaurant uh, in a party room, something like that, uh, offsets a bit of that risk exactly. and liability. And it, it yeah. doesn't hurt to check with your insurance broker, your insurance agent, to see what does our general liability policy cover. There can be exclusions for things like this, may not be. You know, it really depends yeah. on. You usually, end up with insurance companies battling it out, right? Who's responsible? But ultimately, it it is the party that provided the alcohol and served the alcohol. If I could just jump in and speak to the, um, the 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 issue that you raised, Peter, about uh, make a manager making an employee feel like you know they really are expected to attend. Um, it's really important for HR and the senior team to just really 
hone in on what it is that they're trying to accomplish with this, with the gathering, with the party, whatever it might be. Um, and if it is for attendance to have everybody there and they're going to be doing maybe some sort of team building activity, or if it's just, you know, a chance to get out of the regularity of the, of the workday and to have an offsite, um, or just a time designated for a different type of interaction, then if they are wanting people to really attend, encouraging, AKA, you must be there. It's important to consider it. Like, do we want to pay people to come? Do we want to consider this as a paid meeting slash party? And then yes, all the liabilities that Sarah spoke about would come into play for the employer because it would be considered work time, but you're also accomplishing what you wanted to accomplish by having buddy, uh, having everybody present. Do you, even if you have it on a weekend or an evening exactly. or something like that, it's, yes. it's compensated time. Uh, am I overthinking it by asking, what kind of signal does that send if you have to pay people to come to a party? I think it sends a signal like you need to look at your employee relations overall. <laughs> okay. I was wa- I'm was wondering that, like if that's something that, I, that uh, it starts to feel a little bit like we're throwing events uh, to, to compensate for some other shortcoming. Absolutely. Right. So forget those parties because those are the lame ones. We're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to hang a little lantern on that. You can look at it later. Those are the lamest parties. Don't go to those, go to parties that you, you would want to be invited to. Uh, okay. So let's talk then about laying the groundwork for a successful event, whether it's a party with booze, whether it's a, uh, whatever kind of gathering you want to put into place. It, it does feel like, and the more we talk, it feels like, uh, the reason, that HR is the sort of defined uh, uh, default role for these parties is because they seem to know everything, right? They know between the two of you how to do it and the risks involved. So let's talk about how do you go about planning a smart, safe party for your teams? Where do you start? 8 a.m. day one. <laughs> Stacey, you want to start? Sure. You want to kick it um, off? 8 a.m. day one, I, it's, it's vital to just get all the ducks in a row of what what does the organization or what does the leadership team want this party to look like and get your team lined up. And that team may just be the one other person in your HR department. It may be a, a, a lead manager from another function, it may just be a one person deal, but in the best case scenario, if it's a big party and it's a large organization, I would recommend grabbing you know, probably five to six people from various parts of the organization pulling together that team and starting to, you know, brainstorm ideas and various different responsibilities and delegations. Like the same way that HR plans other projects with multifunctional or like cross-functional teams. If, if you get people involved with the party planning and give them a very specific task that you need their help with, you know, make them feel important. Let them know that, let the maintenance guy know that, um, you know, you need a stepladder at the event. Please be sure to bring the stepladder. And you let, you know, the accounting manager, like, let, let her know that you absolutely need five gift cards at the event. And then you just follow up with them day before, make sure that they bring it. it just gives everybody, gives those people, um, you know, a sense of responsibility and importance. And it also takes that one thing or two things, whatever it might be off, off your plate, scrambling around. And, and one, of course, a caveat here. And if, if they have responsibilities at the event that should be paid time as well, I would be sure that if somebody is working the event that they get paid. 
I, I, I can't think of any more reason to go to a party except for, you know, <laughs> yeah. if everybody's paid, we've decided those are Well, if parties. I'm up on a step ladder, <laughs> ladder I want to be paid yeah. for it. Okay. Right, I want to be paid for it. <laughs> it. It sounds like it's just like any other major project, right? Find your stakeholders and get them aligned. Even though it's a party, doesn't make it any less uh, important to operations. Yeah, and I mean, I was just recently part of a committee for planning a company party, and um, we probably spent, you know, four or five of us spent a half an hour each over the course of a couple of months. Um, so not too much time, but like in total, probably about eight hours spent on trying to figure out a place to do this and um, great ideas. And then we went back to the leadership team and they basically were like, oh, no, actually, we had this other place in mind all along. And so you know, there was a lot of initial legwork by the committee wasted on a concept that the owners already had an idea for. So it's good to get those oh, things sure. squared away ahead of time. No, you know, if there's any limitations or parameters, get those, you know, identified and then work from there. Uh, you're talking about stakeholders. It also seems like call your HR attorney. 8 a.m. day one. Sarah. Tell them the party's coming, <laughs> right, Sarah. Sarah? Not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah call Sarah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then I, I think one of the bits of, of true sort of wizardry that comes out of party planning is figuring out how to set a, a budget, right? Sometimes you're handed a budget, but if you're told, here's a, a kind of thing we want to do, how do you how do you think about, how do you conceive of allocating the right funds, the right amount to make it a successful party? Do you have any uh, back of napkin shorthand? The back of napkin short hand I have on that is, you know, what what are the elements that are going to be um, your 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 high cost items? If you're working at a company where you know there's a lot of people that love to stand behind a barbecue grill or love to do potlucks, you know that's going to be a huge savings. People will definitely show up to make food and and staff the grill. Um, maybe on a rotating, you know, every half hour for like the middle couple hours of the event, different people are in charge of the grill. But if, you know, you're in a company where the thing needs to be catered, you have to be ready to, you know, spend probably anywhere from 20 to $60 a head potentially um, for, I, I'm obviously depending on whether you're serving hot dogs and hamburgers versus lobster, um, will mm -hmm. obviously depend on that budget. Um, and how much it's going to cost. And then the other element is activities. Are you going to be hiring in um, performers or interactive activities or bounce houses? Or are you going to have a DJ, a band? All those things can really run the gamut from low cost, where someone just hooks up their Spotify playlist to expensive, you know, production with lights and party dancers. Cold, and, <laughs> Coldplay is going to be there. Yeah, Photo booths. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All those things. So, um, you know, you know, you could, you could definitely throw a party for minimal cost and then you could go nuts. So. No, again, again, I'd be sure, you know, alcohol, of course, that hangs heavy, you know, that, that figures mm -hmm. in here and, and it is worth the the expense of a professional bartender, even if you've only got 20 people, you know, to put it in rather than having everybody making their own drinks, et cetera, you know, helping themselves. Again, I'd be very, very mindful of that. That's a worthwhile expense, you know, take that off of your plate. Um, 
other than that, I think about, you know, any kind of transportation, transportation you might provide that might make it easier if it's remote, you know, encouraging carpooling, even having a shuttle, things like that. You know, those, again, those are, those can be expensive items, but it definitely will, will be, um, it's a safer way to go. Let, let's talk about social media. Um, we've, we've seen a number of uh, examples over the last say decade, maybe more, you know, of of people taking and posting lots of pictures from, um, you know, from internal company events that maybe embarrass other team members, maybe embarrass the company, the brand reputation of the organization. And yet the the power of social media in demonstrating that we have an awesome work culture uh, is, you know, not to be understated. How do you balance, how do you navigate the uh, in-party atmosphere around encouraging people to share versus encouraging people not to take stupid risks and post that dumb picture right there? That's the unanswered question, I I think, kind of with social media and pictures um, of friends at work uh, all the time. Um, I would, I think that I haven't actually dealt with this um, firsthand, but I would add it to my list of topics to go over with employees prior to the party that, you know, the same expectations that we have for one another at work with regard to, you know, respect and harassment and in this case, not excessive use of alcohol um, and also taking pictures without permission or, you know, consent from somebody to post it or share it. I think all of those things just make sense for a business to review ahead of time before the party. And and it and the messaging can be one of, you know, we're not those people that do X, Y, or Z, but mm-hmm. um, for the sake of just making sure that everybody feels comfortable and has a great time, just want to review a couple of, you know, reminders on how to make this a safe and enjoyable event for everybody. Especially, I imagine, Sarah, who's nodding her head in the background like this, uh, especially at an event, I assume, that has been (laughs) required. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Those policies do apply. Well, you know, the policies we have in our handbook, they apply when you're at this party. That's and it's again, it's, it's hard. You really have to carefully craft the message, right? Because you want it to be fun. You don't want to be saying, you know, you can come to this. You all have to behave, right? You have to have. A, don't a, take any pictures. Yeah, don't, put your don't phone take in a basket, pictures. right? Exactly. Yeah. But this and, this and this goes back to what you were saying, Peter, before. You know, just throwing a one-off party in an organization where there's challenging employee relations issues, like it's not going to solve the problem. And if you build a a, a good um, company culture, you know, throughout the year, the party is going to go off mostly seamlessly anyway yeah. exactly the the parties where the, the the defensive parties we'll call them the pictures aren't even any good right they don't even look like very much fun <laughs> you can tell nobody <laughs> wants to be there yeah <laughs> right. right right yeah uh, okay, so uh, other potential pitfalls in party planning. Uh, besides, let's just say, Sarah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a box. You can't say alcohol. Uh, mm-hmm. Other potential risks or pitfalls. What do you have for me? I don't know. There's a potential risk or pitfall, but I would try to get a sense, particularly if there's an activity, you know, something that people like to do. You know, you might have a softball game, for example, and there are plenty of people who just 
would never play softball, right? Make it if you're planning the activities. I, I think making it more appealing to people. I mean, there isn't a great risk, but the risk is that they don't come or that they complain about mm-hmm. it so much that it's just not worth it, right? It isn't serving its purpose, you know, the purpose of the event, right? If it's sure. something that people kind of reluctantly attend, you want them to look forward to going. I think that's, um, you know, you do, you can run the risk if you get to, d- don't really read the room when it comes to what, what kind of, what kind of a venue, you know, exactly what people like to do. I, you know, it, it feels like what you're getting at is this just cultivating a spirit of inclusivity or belonging, right? Making people feel yes. like each of them have a reason to be there. And belonging takes shape. Uh, it takes a bunch of different shapes, right? Uh, ask any five people what it means to feel like they belong at an event or in, a, in an in-group. You'll get five different answers. How do you go about about planning a party or do you are you putting thought into how to make sure everyone every one of our groups feels like they are represented and are able to participate stacy so that goes back to you know forming your committee and getting an understanding of what this event is trying to accomplish and so i've been on committees where you know we're 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 planning the menu or we're planning what activities are going to be there and some of them have looked like okay we're going to do a holiday party and it's a gift exchange, like a white elephant or one of those kinds of Yankee swap mm-hmm. kind of a things. Um, and other events where, um, you know, it kind of speaks to many diverse needs is, okay, um, you know, there's going to be, people are going to bring their own games and there'll be bingo. Well, they didn't do bingo, I don't think, but they, they had like a Scrabble or board game going on over there and, Somebody else was able to set up cornhole, and so we had a variety of different things, and and also just great places for people to just sit and talk. So that um, you know, if they're just not into the more designated and available activities, they can also just you know sit and watch or sit and have a conversation with people and enjoy themselves that way. Um, but yeah, I think I think the way to um, best accommodate. Um, the five different <laughs> interests uh, is to just, you know, like anything else, is to show the employees that you have worked hard to at least get input. And obviously, decisions have to be made, but we, but, but that we did make a good effort to try to, you know, build this party to be something that would appeal to most everybody. Logistics questions: Getting to and from particular events that are not on site. Are we thinking about that anymore, or is the era of Lyft and Uber has it really just kind of absolved our need to think about buses and collective transportation? I don't think it's absolved it. Um, in fact, I have a very good friend that just started a, a small. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a bus company, but they just created um, a business where they've got a bus and they're using it for company events to bring <laughs> a people bus will to, travel. Yeah. To, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's like kind of, it's not a party bus officially, but it's a nice bus. It's not just a yellow school bus. Um, and so it's bringing, you know, people from one location to another where it's, where um, either they know there's going to be drinking enough that it makes sense for people not to be driving, or it's just far, you know, it's over an hour away right. from where most employees are working. And this is just an added convenience. Well, and that's I, I mean, we've we're, you know, we uh, in a past life, our company party was wine country. We would go to wine country and do wine tours. Right. And there would be music at, at one of several different wineries. Those can be 
30 minutes apart and you don't want people to have to get their own Ubers to get from from, uh, you know, winery to winery. Eventually, they'll start peeling off. Hiring a, hiring a school bus or a coach bus to yeah. do that is a great idea to um, you know yeah. make it more enticing for people to get to it. Uh, I, you know, in, in, in terms of planning good parties and, and thinking about, you know, how we redefine HR's perception, uh, you know, I, I, I made a joke at your expense at the, the wet blanket corner, Sarah, and, and I, I, now I get to tell you, I regret that joke. Uh, how, you know, how do we go about continuing to, uh, to reinforce that, the role of HR as the party planner is not accidental. It's because HR is actually good at this. Right. And and I think, you know, when we were talking about this, Stacey referred to HR, some, some people see that as the principal's office, right? You know, they're no yeah. fun, right? But on the other hand, as you've mentioned earlier, they do, they know the organization, they know the people, and they might be in the best position to do it, right? So, um as I, I don't know that everybody's always going to appreciate that. And let's keep in mind, too, no matter what the event is, somebody's going to have, there, there will be criticism, right? You can't please everybody all the time, right? So I think HR is very accustomed to being on the end of that, you know, where there's criticism and, you know, just a little bit of, um, they, they can be seen as sort of the scolds in the organization, you know, they don't mind, yeah. they don't mind taking those hits. I, I'm speaking for for you, Stacey. Sorry, but I mean, you used to like, okay, I'm not going to please, I'm not going to please everybody, but we're going to do what we think is best, right? And that happens a lot for HR people, right? Exactly, exactly. And um, you know, there have been instances where um, you know the VP of operations decided to plan the um, the the the, um, the length of service celebration, and HR wasn't consulted. You know, hadn't been involved um, in the more simple versions of the events over the years. And now they're, now they're making them more into like balloons and speeches and cake and HR wasn't brought into the fold. And, you know, I was at this organization, we had a misspelled name on the, on the layer cake for one of the, one of the employees that was being celebrated for 25 years of service. And, you know, it was an honest mistake. There were no hard feelings, but at the same time, you know, those are just little blips that, and it's not to say that everybody in HR knows how to spell everybody's name, but it's those kinds of things that just with a little extra um, familiarity and understanding of where um, a little effort might go a long way, it would have been great to have been in the fold ahead of time. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. That's smart. Uh, well, I thank you both so much for uh, illuminating a little bit of party planning, uh, uh, risks and rewards of having good parties. Um, we've I've, I've got a couple of notes in the in the uh, show notes. So swipe up in the show notes and you will see both the link to the HR helpline uh, at aimnet.org. You will also find a link to Sherm's uh, resources around having alcohol at parties. So if you really want to dive into, um, you know, policies, protocols, best practices around having uh, booze at your next FET, that's where you can go. Swipe up in the show notes. Uh, Sarah, Stacy, any other links of note you would like me to share with others, uh, resources to follow? I think what you have there is great. Outstanding. Well, thank you both very, very much for hanging out uh, with me today and talking about parties. As always, all of you listening can find the rest of the links and the notes at amhrsolutions.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else. Fine podcasts 
are served. On behalf of Sarah Piscitelli and Stacey Wenzel, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR.